Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to Crushing Cashflow. I'm your host as usual, Andrew Shutsky, and with me today is Ruben Dominguez. Ruben's the founder of Totem Capital Group, a Texas real estate investment firm specializing in single and multifamily properties. Acquired a real estate portfolio of over 600 units and over $50 million under management, so impressive there. They completed over 50 renovation projects as well with budgets ranging all the way from $10,000 to over a million. Ruben, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you having me on. It's always great to talk to another Texan. You're down in San Antonio, right? I am. Yes. South Texas down here. Jealous of it's wintertime here and it's not particularly pleasant here in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the cold, but so I'm jealous there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful day. It's like 55 sunny. So it's great in Texas right now. I wish I could join you. So tell us about how did you get into real estate in general? Take us back a few years. What took you to single multifamily properties? Yeah. So I was in the corporate world. I worked IT. I was middle management. And then I worked my way up to executive level positions. And it was great. I learned a lot. But as I started having kids, I realized like, man, all I do is work. I'm working 60 hours a week, super stressful jobs. And it seemed like every promotion I got, I got a little bit more money, a lot more responsibility, and a lot more time away from the house. And I started coming home and my wife would tell me all the cool things my kids did that day. They would be asleep. I'd miss them. So I would really see them like on the weekends. And so I started, I started looking ways that I could kind of get out of that corporate world and get some time back really. And yeah, I found real estate as a vehicle and I love the thought about the safety I have in real estate, right? And this is single family. I started in single family and it's like, Hey, somebody needs a place to live. So whatever's happening in the economy, I feel like man, someone's always going to pay their rent over any other bills, right? There, you talk storage and office and industrial and other types of businesses like retail businesses and things like that. And I was saying, man, if it was me and one of us lost our job, me or my wife, what would I pay first? I'm going to pay for food and shelter. And so I felt like it was there's some safety built into that. So we started looking into doing single family and I was trying to acquire as many rentals as I possibly could because I found that rentals was a way to build long-term wealth and also cash flow, right? And so my idea was I want to replace the money and make it work with cash flow from rentals. And I started going out and buying rentals. We figured out the Burr strategy, which is so basically if people that don't know, it's a strategy you go buy, you rehab it, you refinance it, you rent it out, and then you continue you hold it and cash flow. It, and then when you sell it, you probably make a bunch of money on the equity. And so we went and did that many times. And then we started wholesaling and we started flipping deals first to fund more rentals, right? Because you got to put some money into them. And then we started wholesaling deals because you know finding single family properties in San Antonio started getting difficult in about 2014, 2013. And so we started a wholesaling company. We'd sell the properties we didn't want to do off to other investors and cherry pick the ones we liked. And I think in 2016, man, we had done so many single family deals. We acquired six rentals that year. 
And I looked at our portfolio and how I was trending towards quitting my job. And I was not close. I was like, man, I'm going <laughs> to do this for years. And so I needed a way to scale that business because I was getting, and I was actually working a lot more. Because if you think about it, I had a full-time demanding job and we were doing all these other deals. And so like any free moment I had at work, evenings, early mornings, weekends, I was doing these single family. So my, my goal of my kids, I was actually seeing them less because of all that work I was doing. Yeah. And so my buddies, a couple of buddies I had, they had started doing multifamily deals and I really just, I couldn't understand the numbers. I was making like 40% returns on average on single family. And I was like, man, I just don't understand the numbers. I had lunch with a buddy of mine. He's a mentor now. And he was like, yes, you're not going to make 40% returns probably in, in multifamily, but yeah, what if it's a 25% return on a $10 million building? And so that made sense to me, the math. And that's when we switched to multifamily. And I started passively investing first in other people's projects. Because I loved it. I love passively investing. Anyone should start there because it's a great way to kind of learn the business. And you know, I like to think of it as like, you're not going to be piloting the airplane. You're going to get on as a passenger and kind of see where it takes you and how it works. And then if you decide and you can, you know, want to get actively involved. And that's when I took my next step. It's like, okay, I need to get actively involved in this because I can really see how this could build wealth, long-term wealth. And so we got involved in about 2017 into multifamily actively. And probably 18 months after that, I was able to quit my job. And at that point, I had moved into an executive level position, You know, super stressful. And it was a great, awesome feeling to be able to say, I'm out of here. I loved you guys. Thank you for all the things that you taught me, but I'm going to go do my own thing at multifamily. So I took that jump in about 2020, end of 2017, early 2018. And it's been great ever since. So let's back up a step because there's a lot of us out there, including myself, who are in the middle of balancing, you know, running the multifamily business, balancing the W-2. What was the turning point when you're like, okay, enough is enough? What did your portfolio look like at that point? And what was going through your mind? So we had a lot of single family houses and 15 probably at that point. And I wouldn't say I was comfortable. It was still a scary step for us sure. to say, okay, I'm going to quit my job and go out and do this because I had a real com- I mean. That paycheck comes in every two weeks, right? It's super comfortable. And it was a leap of faith, really. And I work with, work with a lot of that are starting to get into multifamily and they all have this universe testing you, right? <laughs> was, yeah. uh, to see if you really want. I feel like the universe is testing everyone out there that wants to jump into this business. It was scary. We had those houses. We had some investments in multifamily. We had actually had an exit at a company, had some stock. You know, I was thinking it was going to be great, but when it actually came out, like the stock that we got, the money we got from the sale of that company wasn't that great. It was one of the companies I worked for. And so I had an opportunity to move into another executive position within that same company. It was a private equity company and a bunch of companies. And it was more money. It was more stock. It was more like, hey, we're going to entice you. But from my experience, I had learned like it's never as good as they say with a corporate job. And I was like, ah, I can't do that. I think I'd rather take my chances and bet on myself. And I know if I work half as hard as I did in that corporate job in multifamily, I can be super successful. So we basically took a leap of faith. I had about a year, maybe a year and a half worth of salary and rentals to make it. And I said, I can make it in a year and a half. If I work hard at this business, I can see the plan. It's laid out. I've got people that can help me get there. I just need to go out and execute. And so 
that's when I decided to leave. And it was never, a, it was never easy decision about six months in, I'll tell you this about six months into that journey, I was questioning whether I should go back and get a job because things weren't working out. It was yeah. very difficult. I had no, the business is all about your reputation. I didn't have a reputation, right? I was relying on other people's reputation. Hey, these guys are on my team. Yeah. And so about six months after that, I was like, oh, we have about maybe a little less than a year runway of making it in this business. Should I go out and get another job? Right. It's going to take, I was an executive. So it's going to take me a while to find that job, right? You can't just yep. go get a VP position or a CTO position or something like that. It's like, it's going to take a while. And so, and my wife being, you know, the sane one, <laughs> she said her words were don't die of thirst in the desert with a canteen full of water. Like we still got a lot of runway, just believe in yourself. So that was a turning point, really. Like the universe tested me. It's like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to make sure it works. So I would say for anyone that's looking to get in that, it's probably going to be a leap of faith for you as well, right? Yeah. yeah. But you got to believe in your, have a system, have a plan. And, you know, you got to believe in yourself and you got to go out there and work hard. It's not easy, but it's doable, right? And it's probably, if you're working a W 2, it's probably less work than you're doing. You're just doing it now because you have to you get fired, right? So, Pretend like that is your job. Like my job is to do this business. And if I don't do it, I'm going to get fired. And so kind of yeah. had that, I had that fire behind me, right? Because I knew if I don't, I see the money dwindling in my bank account, like, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. And so that was really the turning point for me. You know, it's funny. I was going to ask, you know, you mentioned the six month point. You're like, oh God, did I make a mistake? And I was going to ask you what kept you motivated. And it sounds like you're kind of the, the lack of income or fear of income was that motivator. Is that accurate? That is a hundred percent accurate. Yes. <laughs> Because you see the bank account dwindling and it's like, oh my gosh, I need to do something. Like that was what they call it the burn the boats moment, right? When you have no other options but success. And it's so funny because we teach people this business and anyone that's about to quit their job, I found their universe tests them. It's with a better job or it's with a decision they have to make. And it's like the easy route. It seems like, man, I want to take the easy route. And the easy route for me would have been going back and getting a job. I think I even had a job offer at the time. Yeah. Which, man, it was money easy. Yeah. I could have worked from home because, and I was like, no, I can't do that. I got to stick with my goals and I got to make this business work. And so it's been a blessing since I'm so glad that I made the decision to stay in because I'd be at the corporate job still probably if I hadn't. You can never hear too many success stories like this, right? And then there's one or two or five or 10 people listening and they've heard something similar five or six times, hearing it 10 times is only going to be more helpful. So I appreciate you sharing that journey with us. So let's shift into you know today, 2022 world. You know, What do you focus on? Are you the deal guy? Are you look raised in capital? Is there an area of specialization that you're focused on? There is. So I do a little, a little bit of everything, but my specialty, my background has been in operations. That's what I did for my whole career. And I really enjoy it too, right? I'm a numbers guy. I like looking at spreadsheets. I like analyzing deals. Mm. I like the operations piece. Once we close on the property and we're operating, I love that piece. And you know, for me, it was more of what I was doing at work, right? I, I have a conversation with our property management teams. I have a conversations with brokers. I'm talking with our broker that's analyzing things for us and moving numbers around, talking about strategies and how we make more money for the deal. And so that's really my wheelhouse. Although I do still talk to investors and raise capital. I still do you know, the investor relations stuff, but yeah. I do have a partner on a lot of deals that we're doing. 
And he is really good at that. He enjoys that. I can do it. I don't necessarily enjoy it, especially when I go to a conference and I'm talking to a lot of investors or we get up and speak in front of a crowd. I can do it. I don't enjoy it. But my partner, he loves that stuff. Like he get in front of a room if he can at any moment because he loves it. And so we found we worked really well together. And that's the beauty of multifamily. You know, these are big projects. And if you build a team, you build that team with people that have complementary skill sets. And it's okay. It's not like a single family flip where you're going to try to split 20K maybe. You know, these are multi-million dollar deals. You can yeah. split it between maybe three or four people and everyone wins. Yeah. And so that's another reason I love multi-families because, you know, it's a team sport. It's not really something you go do on your own. And you can do it on your own, but for people that like having that team, it's beautiful business for them. It's a lot more fun to win together. It really is. Totally. Totally. So you guys have about 600 units under management now. What's the next year look like? What's your goal? You know, are you going you know, 2X, 3X, 5X? Are you comfortable where you're at? What's the plan look like for you guys? We're trying to double right now. It's actually our goal is a little higher than double because we have that philosophy. is like, hey, let's make our goal a little bit scary because if we don't hit it, I'd rather not hit it and be comfortable with where we land then make it too easy. And then we hit it really quick. And it's like, ah, we don't really have the rest of the year to work for. So yep. we're trying to do between 800 and a thousand units under management that translates really, we're looking at the amount of equity we need to raise. And so you're looking at probably between 30 to $45 million in the markets that we're investing in. And mm-hmm. so that's really the goal. Like, how do we do that? How many investors do we need? Who do we need to talk to? How many people do we need to talk to every... We try to break that down to small little daily things that we can do. How many people do I need to talk to a day to hit our goal? How many brokers on the acquisition side? You know, It's hard to find deals, especially good ones. So how many brokers do we need to talk to and deals do we need to underwrite? And so we start with that high goal and then kind of break it down. So... That's what we're looking to do this year. And we've got one closing here pretty soon. So that's 170 units. So we got some work to do. <laughs> Congratulations. And I like, your, oh, I like your style. You know, shoot for the moon. You might land in the stars, but you're still in the stars, right? Exactly. 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 What would you say for those listening? And maybe they're a couple of years back from you. What's been your biggest lesson learned that you'd like to share with the listener base out there? I mean, I think it's, and this is true in my career. And I was very successful in my corporate career too. It's if you go into any situation on how that, whatever it is, is going to help others, like how can I help other people? And that's when I talk to investors, when I'm looking at a property, when I'm talking to tenants, I try not to talk to tenants. We have a property management team that does that. But if yeah. I think about my tenants, right? At all these properties, like, man, what's their experience like? And if you go into whatever it is you're going into with how can I help people instead of what's going to help me? I mean, it just brings you so much success, right? When I'm talking to an investor, And I'm really talking to them about how I can help them, not how they can help me get a deal done, right? And it might not be the right investment for them, right? Depends on their goals. I found that they're a lot more likely to invest because I'm coming from a place like, hey, I don't need your money. I'm trying to help you. Like, how can I help you? And I might not be able to. And it just changes the conversation and changes the mindset. And I think it really helps be successful in business, right? Because you're out there trying to help other people instead of trying to get things for yourself. And that'll come. Your success will come if you're helping enough people. That has really helped me through not just the multifamily business, but all aspects of my life, including my corporate job. So I think that'd be the advice. Like Maybe look at a situation different 
and say, how can I help other people be successful? And then you'll just be successful because of that. So simple, but so powerful. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. So Ruben, I appreciate you giving us a snippet of your, you know, the last couple of decades of your career and, and kind of summing up a couple of the key lessons learned along the way. Really, really helpful. For those who want to learn more about yourself, get in contact with you or learn about Totem Capital Group, how do they do that? What's the best way to contact you? Probably via email. My email is Ruben, R-U-B-E-N at Totem Capital Group. And it's like a totem pole, T-O-T-E-M capitalgroup.com. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Ruben. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Andrew. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.